Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie here at First United Methodist Church, and I'm so glad you could join me for this episode. I think for this week, uh, we're going to look back and, and reflect on our Acts series that we just completed this past Sunday, which if you haven't had a chance to watch those, I hope that you go either on our YouTube site and watch the services, or if you were unaware, we have both our sermons on Facebook and on a sermon podcast, and you can search on uh, for First United Methodist Yankton, uh, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the What's Going On audio podcast and our sermon podcast on there. We just want to make sure that that's, you know that that's available to you. So maybe you miss church some week and you're going out for a walk, but you could just pop your headphones in and, and listen to me or whoever we have preaching. Um, so we just finished up that sermon series, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the Leadership Institute at the Church of the Resurrection that Tiffany Vesti and I went to this last week, and some of the things that, that we explored and, and heard about and are excited to bring back to you um, for that, and then also to just do a sneak peek ahead for the month of October. We've got some exciting things coming up, uh, especially looking at our stewardship focus, and so there's a lot happening, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. So as I said, we started, we finished up our sermon series on the book of Acts. In particular, um, it was uh, Acts, uh, act, let's act like the church. Um, and so we, we explored that each week, kind of a different theme as we walked through the book of Acts, as we pulled out um, some different things that the early church was doing and some different qualities of the early church um, that, that I would argue that we are to emulate. And so we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about generosity. We talked about inclusion. Uh, we talked about creativity and uh, courage and perseverance and being a witness. I think that was all the topics for this series. And I hope that you found that encouraging, especially I think we're in this time in, in the life of the church where uh, the way that we're doing church is shifting thanks to um, the necessity of needing online church for COVID, <coughs> COVID reasons, but also just uh, culture is shifting in general. And it creates an opportunity for us um, to continue to explore what it means for us to be the church. And especially, you know, as we might explore different ways of doing the church, that we, we make those decisions based on who we believe we are and who we believe we're called to be and what we believe we're called to do. Um, that the core content of who we are uh, doesn't change, but maybe how we reach people changes over time. And that's always been true of the church. And, and if again, I'm going to do another plug for my, my church history class that I've been teaching. If you would like to check that out, we have been recording those sessions. Uh, just shoot me an email and I'll send you the links to the previous sessions. Tuesdays at noon, you're always welcome to come and join us. Bring your lunch. We'll have a good discussion. But even in that class, we see how over time things in the church evolve and they change based on where the church is, based on uh, the culture of the time, based on what people know and understand about God. Um, 
the core message is always the same, but but how people get to church, how people learn about God, those things all shift based on what's available. And we see that we're in a time like that again, where um, especially online access begins to shift um, how we're connecting to each other, how we're connecting to God, how we're accessing uh, services and information and studies and our discipleship. And so just know that we are... Um, we're at a time of opportunity, but I thought it was really important to do this series and to really talk about um, who we are as a church, that at the end of the day, why are we making the changes that we make, and, and what is the purpose, and what is the goal, and what are the characteristics that we should be emulating, and so I hope that it was a good series for you, and in particular this last week as we talked about what it means to be a witness, um, and in particular I saw that as two, in two ways. One, a witness in that um, we have to be able to share what we know about God. And that's part of the reason, again, that I, I have people do God moments within the service because it's practice, right? It's practice for us to share our faith. It's practice for us um, to talk about God's activity in our lives. Um, and it's, it's a really sort of uncomfortable thing if we don't uh, get used to it, if we don't uh, practice. And, and I'll say that sometimes people think that pastors maybe come out of the womb uh, comfortable in sharing their faith, comfortable in, in all aspects of ministry, and that's just not the case. A lot of this comes from just repetition, being forced to do things over and over again until you feel comfortable with it. I'll give an example in that when I was um, exploring my call into ministry, I was a youth pastor at the time. And as a youth pastor, you know, I would I was speaking in front of people, I was teaching, I was, but the thing I hated to do was to pray in front of people. I could pray in front of the youth really quick prayers, but um, I remember thinking, oh gosh, like it just intimidated me so much. And the pastor of the church said, uh, when I expressed my call into ministry, you're going to be doing the pastoral prayers from now on. And I was just like, please, no, not the pastoral prayers, because it was so uncomfortable for me. And I felt um, all eyes on me when it came time for prayers. I felt like I didn't know what I was going to say, that I sounded stupid when I was talking. Um, I used to have to write them completely out ahead of time. But over time, the more that I did it, the more comfortable it became for me to do. And the less I needed to write things out ahead of time, the more I could be in the moment in prayers to where I am today, where if someone asked me to pray, uh, I really don't give it a second thought. It's it's a part of, of who I am. It's a part of the role that I have. Um, but to say that that was natural for my whole life wouldn't be true. And I think it's the same with our God moments. It's the same with our ability to share what we know about God, uh, it can feel really foreign to us until we force ourselves to begin to practice it. And so that's why I put it in the service. And, and I know that for some, you kind of use that time to, to catch up with each other and to visit and how are you doing and how are the grandbabies? But I'd really encourage you to really try to think through and say, where did I where did I see God this week? Where did God show up? Where did God surprise me? What has God been saying to me? Um, and to be willing to, to put that into words and to share that, because that's the beginning of being a witness. It's not saying, do you know Jesus Christ? But can I just share with you something amazing that happened to me? And, and I'd love for you, 
I, I just, I'm so excited about it. I want to share that with you. Um, and, and I'm the same way. And that's part of the reason that I, I like to share some of my God moments as well. And I'm surprised by God all of the time. Um, I, you know, God doesn't always behave or God doesn't always show up in the ways or the times or the places that we think God's going to show up. And I think those are the most fun stories, the most amazing stories. Um, and I think the most impactful stories for people, especially God showing up in our times of need or in our times of um, maybe great sorrow to, to know of God's comforting presence. I think those are times that, that when we can share our story and how we got through that and how we relied on God, um, that's really impactful for people. And so I think that's one side of being a witness. And I kind of talked about it in the children's sermon. Like if I'm wearing a Bucks and Gazelles shirt, people are going to expect that I know something about the Bucks and Gazelles. Uh, if I'm wearing a band t-shirt, people are going to expect that I know something about that band. If I'm wearing or at least claiming the name of Christian, people are going to expect that I can talk about it, that I, that I can share who God is to me, that I can share why I am a Christian. In scripture, it tells us that we should be prepared to, to talk about the hope that we have, um, that when someone asks us that, that we don't just go, I don't, I don't know, I just, this is, just, I just, this is what I do, I don't know, um, but to really think through, why is it that I'm a Christian? Why is it that I tend church? Why is it that I love God? Why is it that I want my children to be baptized? Why is it that worship is so central to my life? Um, because those are the things that people want to know. I think those are the kinds of things that people go, how did you get to this? Why did you make the decisions that you did? Not in a judgmental way, but I think often in a curious way, especially if the decisions that we make are different than what we see often made in culture. And, and we should, in some things, be uh, standing against culture a little bit. We should we should look a little different. Um, and especially today when culture is so dominated by division, uh, so dominated by polarizing uh, ideologies, Christians should look a little different because we should be people that value and love and support and encourage one another. Um, and we just don't see enough of that in the world. The other side of being a witness, I would say, so you have the one side um, that is kind of being willing to talk about it, being willing to know what you're going to talk about, uh, kind of having some knowledge. And, and if you don't, if you don't know why you think what you, why you're here, or um, you feel like I don't have enough knowledge, then then making sure that you you are taking up the opportunities to gain that, to to discuss it. You have a pastor here who would love to visit with you. Uh, if you're someone who's like, I go to church. I think it's more out of you know habit than anything, or I'm not sure how to talk about my faith, I would love to sit down with you over coffee, over hot chocolate, over whatever, and, and just talk about those things and, and to start to formulate and to put to words what it is that you feel. The other side of being a witness, I would say, is living your life in such a way that people can encounter God in you. Uh, a quote that is often attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and I'm not entirely sure if he actually said it or not, but um, let's just go with that, that he did, is that we should be preaching the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. And so there's a sense of, it's not just about what we say or what we claim, it's about how we live. 
and it's about um, what we choose to do and about how we choose to treat people. Uh, that again, if we if we are claiming the name of Christ, you know, if we are putting Christ on our shirts, if you will, or wearing the crosses, or um, you know, just claiming that name, um, how we behave becomes a witness, and how we live becomes a witness, uh, and and the things that we do become representative of Christians and of Christ, and so making sure that that uh, as we bear that name. Uh, that we that we are living a life worthy of it. Um, <laughs> a few Christmases ago, my family, it was before I was married. Uh, so gosh, that's been even longer than a few Christmases ago. But my my family all got t-shirts that said, uh, it's a Rowan thing. Rowan is my maiden name. You wouldn't understand. It's a Rowan thing. You wouldn't understand. Uh, what the Rowan thing was, to be honest, I don't know. But it's that kind of... Um, belonging right like when we wore those shirts we were Rowans and there was an understanding about who we were and what we represented when we wore that shirt again it's like having having a shirt on when you go out into the world that that ascends Christ and that we represent Christ and how we live and behave in the world then reflects Christ and and people will look to us to to say this is what it means to be a Christian and this is what Jesus must be like if these are the people that are meant to be like Jesus. And so being a good witness means uh, not only being prepared to talk about why you have faith, but also to live it out and to live it out in all aspects of your life, not just on Sunday mornings, but as you go to work, as you drive your car, which that's a tough one <laughs> to have patience and kindness and all of that. Um, to be a witness is to really live your life in a way that when people look at you, they're not seeing you anymore, they're seeing Christ. Um, and so I think for me to kind of end that way, I think was really important. And so that's kind of that series. And, and one of the things I did talk about toward the end of the sermon was that, um, you know, what our legacy is as a church and what do we want it to be. And as we move, as we move to having this leadership team, um, you know, I think that'll become a central question. And so we are looking for people that um, if we approve this leadership team model that church council has endorsed uh, during our charge conference this month, uh, we'll need people to apply for that. We'll need people who are willing to serve in that capacity. And, and it is something that you apply for. It is something that um, we want We want to make sure that the people that are doing that work are committed because we are saying that it's going to be less people, um, but we believe that uh, it, it's going to serve the church better, but we want the right people. And we want people who care and people who are, have a vested interest in the future of our church. And so just know that... Um, those applications, uh, you can pick them up at any time, even before we fully approve it. If it doesn't get approved for some reason, you know, they'll go in the shredder. Um, but uh, again, just putting that seed, hopefully in your heart, that perhaps God is asking you into this role. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about um, Leadership Institute at Church of the Resurrection. So Church of the Resurrection in Leawood, Kansas is the largest United Methodist Church in our country, and it is led uh, by Adam Hamilton. Adam Hamilton is also, coincidentally, the author of this, <laughs> this sermon series that we're going to be starting this week, so I'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, but the church has over 20,000 members. 
very large, uh, kind of overwhelming at times. Uh, but one of the things they really care about and I respect deeply is uh, that, that they are part of the connection, which means that what they have learned and what they do, they share with others. And so they created this leadership conference. They bring in speakers, they have workshops, um, and they share also what's been working and not what they've been doing, which is always helpful because, again, they have a lot more resources than a lot of us do, uh, and, but they're willing to share, which I just think is wonderful. I've been to the Leadership Institute um, a few different times throughout my career, and it's something that I always enjoy. I went a couple two years ago um, when it was really kind of focused on the future of the United Methodist Church, which is unfortunately we're still in a holding pattern there and and we're going to be talking more about that um kind of as the year goes on general conference is slated currently <coughs> is slated currently for like august september of 2022 this is the 2020 general conference so we're two years behind at this point um that means that uh, as of right now things aren't changing in our church um until, until that group can meet, we're kind of just in a holding pattern. That doesn't mean we're not gonna be talking about kind of the main issues around uh, and the main uh, legislation that they're gonna be dealing with at General Conference whenever it meets. Um, but just, just for openness sake, probably the timeline of that will be once I come back from maternity leave, because one, we do have time. And two, um, I wanna make sure that I'm available for, for discussion, that I'm available for questions, that I'm available for concerns, for all of it. And, and I feel like it's a bit unfair to kind of dive into some of these things and then say sayonara for two months. Um, and so just know that uh, we're not ignoring these things. We're just um, wanting to lay the proper groundwork and then also just to be very mindful that, uh, that you have your pastor available to you because I think that's important. Anyway, so two years ago, it was kind of more focused on that. This year, they uh, last year it was online. This year, they were they did a hybrid where there was about 500 of us that were on site, and then the, about 2,000 or so that tuned in via streaming. And uh, I, Tiffany and I were fortunate enough to get into the on site uh, because there's just something different about being there. Um, and, and it was wonderful. Uh, I felt like it was a really beneficial experience for both of us. This was Tiffany's first time going. So not only did she get to make some new connections, but also for us to be able to kind of divide and conquer some of the workshops um, uh, and, and take in more information for us to bring back and hopefully implement in some way, shape or form in the church. Uh, the first night uh, was this incredible worship experience, uh, and then they had some different speakers uh, share. And so I just want to share, they also gave us some books, and, and then I also bought some books, and I'm pretty excited about them. Uh, one of the books is called Boomerang, and this is called The Power of Effective Guest Follow-Up, Keep Your Church Guests Coming Back what a practical book this will be. Um, and so 
uh, again, just really practical things, uh, really helpful things that other people have learned and that we can hopefully use as a resource for us as we, because we do have people visiting our church. We do have new people coming and checking us out and people that are watching us online that found us that way. Um, you never know when God is going to bring people into our path. And so I think that that'll be a great book. Um, the next one that was kind of exciting that we got was a sneak peek at Adam Hamilton's newest book that actually hasn't been released yet, but we got copies of it. It even says advanced reader's copy. Um, I didn't get mine signed because frankly, I didn't want to wait in line and they had ice cream as an option. And I went, wait in line, ice cream. As a pregnant woman, I'm always going to choose ice cream. Uh, but this is uh, a series on the Lord's Prayer. And I think probably something you will see coming up one of the things that he that Adam Hamilton talked about with the Lord's Prayer that I really had never considered before and really liked was there's a part in the Lord's Prayer that says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, which has always been kind of an odd line, even as I teach it in confirmation, um, because it sort of sounds like we're saying, God, don't lead me into temptation as if God would lead us into temptation, right? Like, that's not what God's doing. Uh, God, we don't need help going into temptation. And so Adam suggested that perhaps we have the punctuation wrong there. And that what we're saying is God lead us. And then comma, not into temptation, which is where we would go instead uh, deliver us from evil. So he, when they do it at their church, uh, they pause, lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I just really like that. And so uh, you might hear me uh, pausing there uh, when we do the Lord's Prayer, and you'd be welcome to join me if you like. Um, but anyway, so we might be looking at doing this at some point as a sermon series, or at least as a small group series. Um, because at least for that tidbit, I was very fascinated by it. One of the small groups workshops that I attended was led by Tom Berlin, who is a pastor in Virginia, and also uh, has been pretty uh, he, prolific in some of the things that he has written. And I got one of his newer books uh, called Courage, Jesus, and the Call to Brave Faith. Um, and especially was a bit inspired by Reverend Carl's uh, sermon on courage uh, that he did a couple weeks ago for us. And so again, another book that I'm looking forward to reading and gleaning some powerful things from. One of the main sessions uh, that we experienced at the Church of the Resurrection involved the Barna research group. Uh, Barna has been doing research around churches and church attendance and, and all things, um, you know, related for, for quite, quite some time. And so they had a representative there uh, talking about church trends, talking about, um, they, they interviewed people kind of in 2019 and 2020 and trendy trends that you see kind of across the board with churches, one that, um, Every church basically has seen a decline because of the COVID-19 pandemic and, and the responses that we've had to have to that. Um, and so that was really interesting. I think there was some of what I came away from that was um, the things that we experience in this church are not unique to us. 
um, that they are across the board uh, and that in so many ways we are actually ahead of the curve in so many ways we are we are healthy church doing good things that um, even though we have experienced um, some loss in, in people uh, here and there, ultimately uh, God is faithful. Uh, but I did pick up one of one of their books, and it is called uh, Better Together, How Christians Can Be a Welcome Influence in Their Neighborhoods. And again, it's full of statistics. It's full of um, just, I think, really helpful information. And that's something that really struck me, because something that's been on my heart a lot lately is, in particular, our own neighborhood. And, and how can we be a source of hope and light? For the people that live around our church, like that quite literally are our neighbors in this neighborhood. How can we be the church? Uh, so many of us don't actually live right here. Um, and so how can we show up for them? How can we be Christ for them? Um, what are ways that we can be missional in that way? And so that's something that's been really on my heart lately um, about, uh, you know, we're called to be the church for Yankton, but uh, if we're not first the church to our neighbors um, and we're not providing that hope and that light for them, then then what are we doing? You know, if our neighborhood can't say who we are or what we're about or how we've benefited them, um, then I think we have some opportunity. And so I'm hoping that that book will be helpful in generating some ideas and some vision around what it means to be a church of our neighborhood. Tiffany and I also did, like I said, a couple of workshops. Tiffany went to some workshops around um, developing small groups and around technology in worship, which again, the technology piece right up her alley, that's one of the areas that she is responsible for in our church. And then also as we continue to look at how do we develop smaller groups as a large community uh, for people to belong, for people to have a place uh, to be able to share what's going on in their lives, to learn together, to grow together as disciples. This summer we did the New Testament challenge and had some new small groups. Uh, and it is our hope that we're, we're gonna continue to look, look and find ways to, to keep forming groups of people around common interests, around common desires for studies. Um, you know, ultimately, I would love to see the bulk of our church involved in some sort of small group and some sort of smaller community where they really can feel like they get to know the people around them and they get to connect with the people in the church because I think discipleship really happens in those kinds of settings. And then I also went to a workshop um, on, so I did the one with Tom Berlin on courageous leadership. And then I went to one on honesty in worship because I was very curious um, what that might mean or what, what that would look like. And one of the things that I really took away from that workshop in particular is that for us to truly be honest in worship, we have to know our people. And, and the more that we can involve people in worship, uh, the more honest we will be and, and reflect what's going on in people's lives. Uh, and so again, kind of thinking through what that might look like as far as opportunities for um, helping to shape our worship service, um, especially around visual worship. Uh, in particular, I think if, if you are someone that has a gift for decoration, a gift for design, um, a gift for kind of creating a space that evokes certain feelings or certain images, 
Um, but I would love to visit with you because I would love to make that a part, an intentional part of our worship, uh, to create the space in a specific way. Uh, and I don't necessarily have all those gifts. Um, obviously, we, we've had some great input in, in our music with our music leaders, and, and that is an invaluable piece of worship, but also just trying to get a little more creative. If you are someone who loves children and would like to take over children's sermon, um, I would love to talk with you. I would love to, to kind of open that up to have more voices in worship than just mine. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of, it just part of going to Leadership Institute is it sparks a lot of ideas um, and gives us a lot of resources for moving forward and what God is calling us to do next and, and what we can be doing. And so um, perhaps at some point I'll have Tiffany come on and kind of share some of her own thoughts about what she experienced as well. Uh, so that's a little bit about where we were last week. And then to talk a little bit about where we're headed. Uh, so October is typically kind of in the fall. We, we like to shift focus a little bit on stewardship and everyone kind of goes, oh, stewardship. Oh, she's gonna talk about money. Um, Yes, yes I am, <laughs> but not just money. Um, it's always my hope and goal that as we talk about stewardship, that, that money is a part of that and I don't wanna ever shy away from that. What we do with our money does reflect our values. Um, and, and again, as we learned in Acts, <laughs> if you try to uh, deceive people about your generosity or you try to um, make yourself out to be something that you're not, uh, bad things could happen, uh, but, <laughs> Um, stewardship is really about more than just money. It's about what we do with what we've been given. And, and that, that covers a lot of things. But I also think it's important that as Christians, we do talk practically about money and practically about how do we um, handle it? How do we uh, faithfully treat our money and, and the root of some of our problems around money? Um, and so that's why I'm really excited about this coming series uh, that's called Enough. And it's really looking at um, some of the roots of, of why <laughs> money is so enticing and, and some of the root causes of, you know, uh, our sin and desire for money, which is our desire for stuff, our desire to fill fill our lives and our souls with things, to try to keep up with others, to try to um, make ourselves happy with with things and and that we tend to outspend what we earn and and how do we be faithful with that how do we as Christians handle our money in a faithful way and not just about what we give but how do we save how do we prepare for the future how do we honor our family um, and so I think it is important to talk about that because it is an important part of your life um, and I was reading today that half of divorces are because of financial problems, uh, because people did not communicate, because people are hiding, because they have different views on, on financial, because of the stress of debt, perhaps. Um, how many of us uh, know what that feels like? Um, money is a part of our life. And, and as Christians, it should not be a topic that is off limits, but it should be something that we approach with God's wisdom. And so that's what we're going to be doing for uh, the month of October is really focusing not on money so that we can get more of it, um, but really how do we 
how do we approach money in a healthy and faithful way? And, and maybe deal with some of the underlying issues when we don't have a healthy relationship with money and then how to, how to work from there. But having said that, October is also the time where we need to begin thinking ahead about to 2022. And, um, you know, it's no secret that we are a church and that uh, we're not a business. We don't sell anything. We don't make anything. <laughs> we make disciples. Um, but we're not a business with a product. And so the money that we have to do ministry, to do mission, to pay our staff, to have this gorgeous building, all of that comes from our membership. All of that comes from people who are willing to give and to willing to be a part of what we are doing by funding it. Um, and so part of when we do make our budget is we try to look at what do people intend to give so that we can be faithful with that money and so that we can plan a budget accordingly. And so for the month of October, we're going to ask you to be praying and, and having discussions around the kitchen table about what God is asking you to give um, to, to the mission and ministry of this church. If you are a member of this church, that's one of your vows uh, is, is to give and to support the church and its ministry. Um, and perhaps looking at, you know, this is where we were last year, looking at where your circumstances are. Are we able to, to give a little more? Are we able to extend that a little further and, and to extend God's grace and kingdom into the world? I also understand that the last year and a half have been really difficult. And for some people, um, that means finances have been tight. And so I think it's also a very real and honest conversation to talk about um, this is what we were giving, and we would love to keep giving that, but for the time being, maybe we need to give at this level until circumstances are slightly different, and we understand that as well, but we also would love to have a conversation about that, because if we see a major drop in giving, um, and when I say we, I mean that's me. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a group of people that are looking at what you're giving. It's, it's very confidential, but um, if there is a major drop in giving, that's something that um, maybe is indicative of, of a larger issue or something greater that, that I would love to be able to visit with you about. If there's a problem, if there's a concern in the church, we want to know about that and so that we can have, see if there's something we can do to come to um, a deeper understanding. And so um, anyway, all of that to say, <laughs> estimate of giving cards will be out this month for you uh, to take home, to fill out, to bring back. We'll also have them available on our website as we did last year, so that if you're someone like me where you take it home uh, and then forget where you put it down, you can always go online and do it that way. Uh, again, that helps us to be faithful stewards of the money that we have been entrusted uh, because if you are giving to us for the sake of God's kingdom, we want to make sure that that's what we're using it for. So that's a little bit about where we're going. We've also got some fun things happening. Uh, I couldn't be more excited about Trunk or Treat. Um, I've already started working on the decorations for my car. So um, hopefully you are starting to plan that as well. Um, let's make that a really fun event for our children and hopefully for the children in our neighborhood. Uh, so that'll be coming up. Still deciding whether or not I should have all of you in costumes since Halloween falls on a Sunday this year, but I'm afraid I would be too distracted, uh, and so maybe not. I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, 
otherwise, uh, just things are rocking and rolling in, in our ministries, still looking for people to help in the nursery. If that is something that you are willing and able to do, please talk to our SPR team, in particular, Christy Polachek. Uh, we, we just want to make, we have more young families coming all the time, and we want to make sure that that is something that we are consistently able to offer. So, um, yeah, lots of opportunity. Also, don't forget the UMW Soupless Soup Kitchen to be donating toward that and the snow boot drive uh, for this month. So again, many ways to be the hands and feet of Christ. I hope that this episode has found you well. I hope that uh, if you have any questions or thoughts, uh, please let me know. And we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, God bless. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Going On, a video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Sundays, and we have two options available. 9 a.m. is our contemporary service, and 10.30 a.m. is our traditional service. You can find those online as well at our website, www.firstumcyankton.org, or on YouTube. 